Welcome everyone, it's good to have you here. If you don't know why you're here, which I assume most of you do, we're continuing the Wednesday night series of Gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to be doing things a little bit differently tonight. As you can see, I'm not really Albert. I think everyone here probably knows who I am. My name is Brett and we advertised that we were going to do something called Listening to God. And I imagine that for some of you this is going to be something way outside of the box of what church normally looks like. For some of you this might be like a really normal thing and you'll be like, oh, I don't even know why you gave that disclaimer at the beginning. But I just want to invite you to take full effect of what we're doing tonight. I want to invite you to give it your all. I want to invite you most of all, I guess, to risk and to kind of ask the question, what if? I see a lot of scared faces. I'm quite nervous. This is something I've done a whole bunch of times. It's based on a conference I went to once, and a dude got up and did this thing, and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And then I've done it at a bunch of camps and in churches and things like that, and every single time I do it, I start off really scared. Like, what if God doesn't show up? If he doesn't, then I'll look a little embarrassed. I'm okay with that. As long as you're okay with that, I don't think we've got too much to lose. Also, I've only been to one of these Wednesday things, so I don't really know how they all look, but I know how one of them looked. And the one I came to was a whole lot of preaching at the front and a really short time at the end to actually do stuff. And I was like expecting it to be the other way around. And tonight is going to be very much the other way around. I'm going to say very little, and then we're going to spend most of tonight doing stuff. And that might excite you. That might make you scared. That's okay. I'm basically going to give some background for why we're doing what we're doing, and then I'm going to explain what we're doing and kind of talk you through it and just give you some rules. And we're really just wanting to create a safe, comfortable space. So if you're feeling a bit nervous already, don't worry about it. There's going to be nothing done to you. We're not going to make you uncomfortable. We're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. There's an invitation tonight, and if you want to be part of it, We'd love you to do that. If you want to just observe and be part of a group observing, that's great as well. The most value you'll get out tonight is if you take part in it. So I really want to make you hopefully feel as comfortable as you can. Let's just pray and let's just really invite God to really work tonight because we believe that he's here. And so, Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to be hanging out with your people and to be doing stuff with your Holy Spirit. We are a church that believes that the Holy Spirit didn't stop working 2,000 years ago. We believe that you are active. We believe that we are filled with you and that we can live out the life of the kingdom because you are active in us. And so working on those assumptions tonight, we just want to invite you to really work in us. I pray, Father, that any fear, any nervousness that is here tonight, perfect love drives out fear. And so as you fill this place with your presence, as we start to feel you, as we start to just believe and know that you're here, we just pray that you'll kind of just dispel any kind of nervousness or fear that is not of you. And I just pray, Father, that you'll give us boldness to try something new, if it is something new, and to really see what we can experience tonight. So I just pray for everybody here tonight. I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that we can experience hearing from you in a different way that we're not used to. And I pray that it will be a way that encourages us. I pray that you will speak to us in a way that really builds up our faith, that really just helps those of us that were maybe struggling with doubts, that helps those of us that are going through rough times to just remember once again that you are here, that you love us, that you know, and that you are active in our lives. So I just pray that you'll be in every part of tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I'm just interested. I don't want to make people put up their hands or anything, so you can just let your head do like a little nod or a little not nod. But whether or not you came here tonight because you've been coming to all the Wednesday Holy Spirits and this was the next one in line, if that was you, like just indicate, like just give me a little nod or not a nod. I'm also interested if there's anyone here tonight who saw in the bulletin or came on Sunday and heard Wednesday is listening to God and thought, wow, that sounds a bit different. I'd be interested in that. If that's anyone, just kind of let me know where you are. That's great. So you don't think I saw that. I'm very subtle. There's a passage in John chapter 5. I'm going to read you three verses, so you don't need to turn there. You can if you want, but it's three individual verses, so don't feel you need to. And Jesus gives this answer to the people around them. It says, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. And it goes on, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. So Jesus makes this bold statement, which is, I can only do what I see God doing. And if we look at the life of Jesus, what we can take from that statement is that God must have been doing a lot of stuff. Because Jesus did a lot of stuff. And if he only did what God was already doing, then God must have been doing a lot of stuff. And I think one of our misconceptions as Christians is the idea of bringing God with us. So we are going to go and reach those people that don't have God. We are going to take God into the workplace. We are going to carry God around with us and have an influence for him and bring his kingdom. When the idea is that God is busy at work all over the world. God is busy at work in your non-Christian friends. God is busy at work in your family that don't know him. And he's already busy working and active and doing stuff. And often he invites us to come and kind of put our hand on it, to come and draw alongside it, to come and speak into it. But the idea that God isn't at a certain place and isn't already working is not the idea that Jesus carried with him. And so this is going to kind of be the basis for most of what we do tonight. I can only do what I see the Father doing. And clearly the Father was doing a lot of stuff. So one of the things we believe is that God is here, so we don't ask God to show up. We know that he's here. We just want to see him do stuff. We want to see him kind of manifest or whatever. We know that God loves us. We know from Scripture that God is really devoted to us and more devoted to us than we are. And that is a powerful thing as well. So this is what we're going to do tonight. This is my invitation. If no one accepts the invitation, it will be a very short service. I would like you, and I'll explain the whole thing first, and then we can do it, but we're going to break up into groups of five or six people, and we are actually going to listen to God, which I know may seem quite ridiculous because tonight was called listening to God, but we are going to do that. And so you're going to get into groups of five or six people, and I think with the time left, that will give us enough time to do it. I want to ask you, and I know you're going to try to be disobedient on this, but I'm going to ask you to get into groups with people that you don't know. Because this will be more effective if they're people you don't know. And I'll tell you why in a moment. We're going to be listening to God and people are going to be saying stuff to us. If you are in a group with somebody that you know and they say something to you about something in your life that they likely knew, it's a lot easier to believe that it just came from them and not from God. If you sit in a group with a bunch of complete strangers and they tell you stuff about your life, you're going to be a lot more likely to think maybe this was God. So if that scares you a little bit to be hanging out with people you don't know, I want to encourage you for this experiment, it is the best way to do it. So maybe you know everyone in the whole church, just pick the people you know the least, but try as much as possible to have at least some people, but preferably as many people as possible in your group that you do not know. 
So we're going to get into a group of six. One of you is going to volunteer to go first. Every group needs a piece of paper for each member in the group and one pen per group. So you also need somebody in your group who's going to be the scribe. So if somebody can volunteer to be the scribe, they're going to write down all the stuff that is shared and they're going to give it to the person afterwards. Okay, so we're in my group of six. Math is in my group. Math volunteers to go first. What is going to happen is we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and then we're going to take a minute of just listening to God. We don't need half an hour because we're not trying to make stuff up for God. God can speak to us in a minute. And so we're just going to wait for a minute and just listen and see if God says anything for math. Each group can kind of pick a facilitator or just somebody in the group and just say, cool, a minute's done, let's break. And then invite everyone else in the group to share with math what we heard from God. Different people hear things in different ways. And so I don't want to kind of dictate all the kinds of ways you might hear. It might be a picture or a verse or a line of dialogue or whatever but the idea is that we share that with math and the scribe writes all the stuff down one of the rules that makes this a lot more easier and comfortable is something that we call disclaimer language and it's kind of the difference between me saying to math this is what god decrees for your life and me saying to math look i'm not sure this is the picture that i had in my head and i just want to share it with you what the second statement does is it gives math the responsibility to test what I've said. And as it says in Thessalonians 5.17, test the spirits, hold on to the good, throw out the bad. So what we're doing is we're putting the power into the hands of the person that we're listening for. And so we're not going to make anyone feel like they have to do stuff. We're not putting pressure on people. We're going to share a bunch of stuff that we hear with the person in our group. And they're going to take that away and see if it means anything. They're going to ask God to give them clarity from it. And they are going to determine whether it's from God or not. And so disclaimer language, this is what I see, this is what I heard, this is what I feel, I'm not sure, but I got this, as opposed to God is telling you to do this. If you say to someone, God is telling you to do this, if they don't do it, then that's a lot of pressure for them. And so it's just a thing about making this more safe and secure. I hope that makes sense. The second thing is, during our minute of silence, we're not praying to God in terms of visibly out loud praying. We are just listening. We are not talking. So at the beginning, you can say, God, please speak to us. Boom. Wait a minute and really just listen to God. Clear your mind. Don't try to make anything happen. Just wait for a minute and see if anything pops into your mind. The second thing that kind of works alongside the disclaimer language is this idea of in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, there's a passage that says this. It says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And so, kind of when we're using the Word of God, when we're talking to people, it's got those three things we can do. We can correct, we can rebuke, and we can encourage. For the purpose of the exercise tonight, I want to invite you, and we're going to ask God to do this, to just give us words of encouragement. So there will be a time, and when there's greater relationship, and when we have accountability with people, a time to invite, rebuke, and challenge. But if you get something in your head that is a huge rebuke for math, then what I want to ask you to do is to not share it. So if you've got something that is encouraging, you're going to share it. We're going to ask God to give us encouraging things. So I imagine that's what he's going to do. If you get something that feels like a rebuke or a challenge, then by all means, maybe after the meeting, schedule a time to chat to Matt by himself or whatever. And if you feel it's something that God's really impressing on you, that's cool. For the sake of this activity, we're going to ask you to just share encouraging words. And then... Luke 11, and I think this one goes in line with that, 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so this idea that God is waiting to give us the Holy Spirit, God is wanting to use the Holy Spirit in our lives, and the idea that we can ask him for things, that he is a good God, better than a father who wants to give good gifts, God wants to do good things for us. And so there's this freedom to come and ask God for something for someone else. And then in terms of the risk thing, so I've asked about disclaimer language, we're going to speak nicely, we're going to share in a way that takes pressure off the person, but at the same time, I want to ask you to risk and be bold in things you get. So if you get a weird picture or a weird phrase or something that doesn't make sense, I want to encourage you to be able to share it and say, Maf, this doesn't make sense, but I got this picture of a clown juggling monkeys on a bicycle. And to me, it makes absolutely no sense at all. But this morning when Maf woke up and he was having a crisis of faith, and he said, God, if you don't show me a picture of a clown juggling monkeys on a bike, then I'm going to walk away from Christianity. Now, that is a ridiculous example, but I've seen bigger things happen. And so something that doesn't make sense to you, just be bold and be able to share it. Hey, this is a bit weird, but just listen to this. Maybe it won't make sense. I was part of a church called the Vineyard Church, and one of the biggest lessons, I think, or gifts that they gave us was that as a Christian, it's okay to make a mistake. And maybe in a lot of churches that we grew up in, there's that secret pressure that you're not allowed to make mistakes, you're not allowed to get it wrong. Tonight is an experiment We're asking God, we're creating a safe place. If it goes badly, the worst thing that can happen is we don't hear from God. And so you really can't mess up. So I really want to ask you to take a risk, be bold, and just share the stuff you get. And then I think the one thing that really helps is if somebody in math's group says a thing and it really resonates with math, for the person hearing it, someone says something and it's like, wow, that is amazing, that means something to me. When everyone has shared stuff, to be able to say, hey, those two things really meant a lot. And if other stuff didn't mean anything, that's okay. But if something is spot on, tell the people, because that's encouraging, because then it confirms that we've been hearing from God. So that is a really big help, if we can encourage people when they're correct. And then the last thing, I think, is something that I call keeping it on the shelf. So if I'm the person listening to stuff and a bunch of you are in my group and you share stuff and somebody writes it down and it doesn't really mean a lot of stuff to me, then I'm not going to necessarily take that stuff. If math got the word China, I'm not going to like go sell all my stuff and head out to China. But I'm going to take the stuff that I haven't understood that doesn't make sense and I'm going to put it on the shelf. And what that means is I kind of keep it nearby. I'm not going to go and determine my life by those words that I heard. But over the next week, I'm going to maybe take that piece of paper and say, God, does any of this stuff mean anything? And by the end of the week, if four other people have come and said something to me about China, then maybe I need to start paying attention. God is big enough that if he wants to say something to us tonight, we're going to hear it. And God is big enough that if he has a message and something doesn't make sense, if it doesn't happen tonight, he will make it clear throughout the week. The reason I get up and take on opportunities like this as nervous as I am every single time, is because I've just seen people blown away by how God speaks to them through it. I've seen it work time and time and time again. I can't guarantee it's going to work for everyone. Some of you will go home and go, wow, that was a bit of a waste of time. But I can almost guarantee that some of you are going to be like, wow, God spoke. 
And this will work really well if we get a chance at the end to kind of come together and do a little bit of feedback. So I'm hoping there's enough time. I do want to honor the time as well. So the main thing is that we get through the exercise together, but I'm hoping there'll be time. Our groups are going to be maybe slightly different sizes and will take slightly different time. So we're going to finish at different times. And so I just want to ask you, if your group is finished and other groups are still busy, to just honor the groups that are still busy. We do have the communion set up. And so once your group is finished, maybe as a group or as individuals, you want to spend some time just recognizing the Lord's Supper and the meaning behind that. And then when your group is finished, I encourage you to kind of come and sit in the front couple of rows. And then there may be a time, if time permits, for some more worship. And between Jane and myself, we'll kind of read how things are going, either give space for the groups that are still going or otherwise just end the meeting there or go into a time of worship. But we would like to have feedback. So firstly, does everyone understand? Is that really simple? Get in a group of five or six, grab paper, one piece of paper per person, one pen per group, go and sit somewhere around the church, pick a person, Everyone listens for a minute. Whatever you get after that minute, you share with them. Somebody writes it down. When the scribe is being listened for, somebody else can be scribed for them. After you've finished doing that person, somebody else goes. Everybody listens for a minute. Share stuff with them. Gets written down. Feedback session. Oh, that was on. That wasn't on. Don't know about that. And then you work your way around the group. When everyone in the group has had a turn, then you've finished Space for communion, come sit towards the front so that we know you've finished and we'll kind of read what's going on with people. Is anyone confused? Is anyone nervous? If you're nervous, put up your hand. Cool. Jack's nervous. I'm pretty sure I did this with him once before already. Excellent. So just the thing I want to say is try and be in a group with people you don't know and let's try move this fairly quickly. So keep your minute to a minute. We want to make sure that everyone gets a turn. So try to get into groups really quickly, spread around the church, grab your paper and pens, and when you're ready, just start. Go. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of stay out for now and just see that everyone gets into a group. Maybe let's start with five, and then if there's extra people left over, we can make some sixes. And people at the back, you should be in a group as well. If you want to sit on the floor, if you want to sit on the stage, if you want to go into the prayer room or whatever, just find a spot. If you want to go upstairs, find a spot where you feel comfortable as your group. If anyone has any questions, please come to me so that we can make sure it's all clear. How are we doing? You guys at the back are four. Five. You guys are six. So you could have one more at the front if you want, I think. Are you guys... How many in your group? Math, you got five? Cool. Everyone else is, everyone else is finished, right? Cool, thanks so much. Can we just gonna finish off just with a little bit of feedback? Was that the most horrible thing you've ever been forced to do in a church? Anyone? 
No? Good. Did anyone actually enjoy that? Show of hands. Anyone thought that was okay? Cool. A couple of you. Anyone believe tonight within your group that as an individual that you actually heard from God at all? Did we have any of that? Eric? Cool. <laughs> People are kind of nodding like we're scared to commit because if I put my hand up, I'm going to make you speak. And then while these things are happening, just from my experience and even just from like kind of semi-eavesdropping a little bit, God tends to speak to people in different ways. And maybe it's like how we wired or just how we think naturally. So in any of your groups, did anyone have God speaking to you in pictures more than anything else, maybe as an individual? Were there people that God speaks to you and you see a picture of something? Cool. Anyone that was more kind of words, like God speaks to you, you get a word, you get a phrase. Anyone with scripture? God gives you a specific Bible verse or something like that? I've got two semi-hands raised. Song? I heard some singing to my right. Where's Jane Lee? She's gone hiding now. But it's just interesting that God cannot be boxed and that often it's just the way we are, that that's how God chooses to use us. And so, like I said, I've experienced these in different ways and it's interesting to see that different people often just kind of share in different ways. But one other question. Do you feel like you got to know people a little bit more in your group? Just from sharing... Again, like I wasn't really involved in a group and I heard little bits of like somebody shared something and then somebody, it sounded like they were starting to give a bit more of story and stuff. So I don't know if that was actually happening. But there's a sense of actually just starting to, and maybe because you don't know people, you don't necessarily feel that safe of sharing everything. But it seems like it's a great place for people to share stuff. Okay, this is where I want you to put your hand up and I will pounce on you. Did anyone tonight believe that someone said something and it was like spot on, no doubt in your mind, God said something to you tonight? Did anyone have an example of that that you would like to share with the group? (laughs) You don't have to. You don't necessarily have to share what it was, but if you can maybe just share how that felt. 